I'm doing all right. My name is Bill Reeser. I'm the pastor of Encounter. I want to welcome as Donovan and the worship team or just did an unbelievable job. Thank you guys so much. Uh, they welcome everyone online as well as here at the Sanctuary Church uh, in California, sunny California. And I uh, uh, just want to just, uh, uh, just say, hey, thanks for hanging in there with us. Thanks for going through these anchors of hope. Tonight may be the most critical, critical teaching you'll ever hear because it's not something I can do for you. It's something that if you do for yourself, you're going to be blessed in every way possible. But before we get started, I, I, I just want to say a prayer uh, for the people struggling in Northern California with these fires. Uh, you, you know, every day you wake up, it seems like every week we've been praying for a disaster. But let's just stop what we're doing right now, settle our hearts and just pray for the families that were lost and the family, the people that are missing and, and the fires in Northern California. Father, we just thank you that you're able to breathe and just uh, just fix everything where, where everything's just broken. And right now it just seems like everything is broken. Uh, there's just weather, hurricanes and these fires in Northern California. And just, this is so devastating. Lives have been lost, and people are lost, and homes are destroyed, and this thing is still not under control. So, Father, I just pray that uh, you would send the rain. And you would just, uh, you'd just put these fires out and minister to everyone in the power of your love and the power of your spirit and just comfort them, and only in a way that you can. And I pray that you would remind us to keep praying for those that are just struggling through these things, especially those in Northern California. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about how to make God's Word the authority over our lives. But I want to ask you a question before we get going. Uh, and, and, and that is, how would you define success? What would success mean to you? I, I had a chance to speak to 100 students in high school, at Hart High School, here in uh, Santa Clarita uh, this week. And I started out by asking them, how would you define success? It's very interesting to hear a teenager's perspective on what it means to be successful. And it's very interesting to hear what your thoughts on what it means to be successful. One, one kid raises his hand and he says, I, I you know, want to be Mark Zuckerberg. I want to run Facebook. That would be successful if I ran Facebook. Uh, someone, you know, they had this answer and that answer. I want to be a professional athlete, a doctor, this and that. Uh, I want to lead my family well. There are no wrong answers of what it means to be successful, really. Uh, but the question is, what do you define success as? And how do you get there? And if you want to be successful at something, like a particular industry or a particular trade, particular uh, vocation, you've got to really, really study. And you've got to go through training of how to be successful. If you want to be a doctor, you've got to go through years of training to be a doctor. If you want to be uh, a lawyer, you don't have to go through any training. You just have to lie all your life. Uh, just kidding. Um, if you want to be an athlete, professional athlete, not only do you have to have God-given talent, but you've got to work on expanding that talent. You've got to work on developing that talent. You've got to go through excruciating training to be better than anyone else. So how do you get there? What, what, type of training do you, what type of training do you have to have? How do you be successful? How do you define 
success? And how are you preparing for success? How are you doing that these days? In your trait, in your family, in your vocation? I just want to tell you today what success really means. Success is how well you train and prepare yourself for eternity. And the most successful people I know in the world are those who know this book from the inside out, are those who live by this book, are those who make this book the authority over their lives, are those who love this book, are those who spend time in this book each and every day, are those people who just really just light up when they open up this book, when this book doesn't become a burden or a liability or something to just really just justify what they're doing, when this book becomes your life, when this book becomes everything that you are, you'll be one of the most successful people ever because all life is is preparation for eternity. And how much you get this book into your life will determine the level of success you'll have, not only in this life, but in the next life to come. Because when you think about it, all this life is, is preparation for eternity. All this life is, is an interview for a life that you're going to live forever and ever and ever. And this book will give you the roadmap. This book is a a GPS. This book is your instruction manual for how to live a great life here and how to prepare what your life is going to be like for eternity. This book will remind you, will tell you, will teach you not only everything you need to know about an eternal life with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but what an abundant life with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is on this life, this side of heaven, of how you can experience heaven on earth before you get to heaven, because if you're not experiencing that, you're not living the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. This book will tell you everything you need to know about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Father of the universe who loves you, his word, his character, his justice, his love, everything you need to know about God, his plans for you, his love for you. Everything that he wrote in this book is designed for you. He has a personal plan in this book just for you. Everything you need to know about everything you want to know about planet Earth, everything you need to know about hell, everything you need to know about heaven is in this book. Wisdom, joy, how to get unstuck in life, how to just figure out how in the world did I get here. All your answers pertaining to any matter in your life is found in this book. This book is the most amazing book ever written. It's the greatest book ever written. It has stood the test of time. It is God himself. When you read this book, you're basically reading God. You're basically touching God. You're basically reaching heaven, and heaven is reaching you, and God is touching you. This book is a life-changing book. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. It'll give you wisdom. It'll give you knowledge. It'll give you power. It'll give you authority. It'll give you purpose. It'll give you everything that you're trying to be, everything that you want to be, everything that you know you're not supposed to be, it basically will give you the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. There is no better book, and this book needs to be your life when you make it the authority over your life. It's a great book. It's It's changed my life. It's changed. If you study the life of Jesus, I don't need word. If you study the life of Jesus, Jesus depended on the word of God to get him out of tough situations. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit 
Jesus depended on his father. Now listen, if Jesus needed those three things to accomplish everything he had to accomplish in life, don't you think we need those things? We need Jesus. Boy, do we need Jesus. We need the Father. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need God's word. We need God. Everything in this earth is going to, everything that you see is going to pass away, but these words will remain forever. These words have been with us forever. From the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, this, is, this book is, about the, is God's love letter to us. This book contains everything we need to know. You don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to delete anything from it. You don't need to make it fit for our society today. It doesn't change with society. Everything that was written in this book over 2,000 years ago is as relevant today as it was back then, and it is as life-changing today as it was back then. Jesus said, if you want to change, if you want the abundant life, you live by the words in this book. And when you consider where you are today, when you consider your life today, you're probably in one of three places. You're probably in the camp of, I do what I want to do. That's most of us. We just do what we want to do. Or two, I do what I think is the right thing to do. I do what I think is the right thing to do. Or three, I do what God's word tells me to do. Friends, I got to tell you, when you live in camp number three, I do what God's word tells me to do. When I make God's word the authority over my life, there is no better life. There is no other way to live. As a follower, you'll be miserable if you live any other life. There is no other life. To be a person that leads you is to be a person that makes God's word the authority over his life. To know God is to know his word. To say I love Jesus and not read his word is basically saying, I don't love you, Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll abide in my words. You'll do what I command. You'll obey my commands. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you truly are my disciples and me and my father will show up in your life. You can't separate the two. You can't have, say, I love Jesus and don't spend time in this book. That's not a relationship. And this book shouldn't be a burden. This book should be a joy. This book will give you joy. This book will make you giddy. It'll make you smile. It'll make you dance. It'll make you skip. It'll give you unbelievable purpose in life. It'll give you everything you need to know. You want to learn how to pray? It's in this book. Want to learn God's plans for your life? It's in this book. Want to learn how to change? Want to learn how to recover? It's in this book. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I can't renew your mind for you. You have to do that. And then God will transform you. I can't transform you. God will transform you. To love God is to obey his word. It says in John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into truth. That's why Jesus' life here on earth was a powerful ministry, but he can never accomplish what the Holy Spirit could do because Jesus can only reach our intellect. That's why he says, it's better for you that I go. 
He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll not only be with you, but he'll be in you, and he will guide you into truth. He will convict you of your sin. He will make God's truth plain to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will interpret God's word for you. And you don't need anybody to interpret God's word for you. And I hear this a lot from a lot of people. Oh, the Bible's a hard book to understand. It is not. The Bible is not a hard book to understand. It is a hard book to live out. It's a hard book to understand if you're not submitted to it. If you don't read it, if you read it from the standpoint of trying to justify something that you're doing, that doesn't line up with God's will, then it becomes a hard book because you're at odds with it. But if you read it saying, I believe it, God, you are who you say you are, you can do what you say you can do, I am who you say I am, and I can do what you say I can do, and Lord, whatever you say in this book, I believe it, I'm not going to doubt it, I'm just going to believe it, receive it, apply it, and live it out, I'm telling you, it'll, it, it trumps your emotions, it trumps my emotions, it trumps my feelings, it trumps my my desires, it trumped my appetites, and it became the authority over my life, and it changed me because I made it bigger, better, and more important than anything I could ever think of, go through, plan, or live out in my life. That's what this book does, and you don't need anybody to tell you what's in this book. I love teaching. I'm called to teach out of the Bible, but I'm not called to be your teacher, Look what it says in Scripture in 1 John 2.27, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Watch the NIV version. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need any, anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. The Holy Spirit of God that comes upon you when you give your life to Jesus Christ is the anointing and interpretation of this book to you if you're, if you're open to it. This book will become as easy to read as a Dr. Seuss book. You hear me say that all the time. This book is easy to read as a green eggs and ham book. It really, if you're submitted to it, if you're submitted to it, and there are a lot of people that want to tell you what's in this book without encouraging you to figure out how to find it out for yourself. And I have followed some really good teachers. I'm not telling you not to follow teachers. I'm telling you, find good teachers. I have found some of the best teachers in the world uh, that have helped me live out this life as a Christian. Matter of fact, Monday night at Shepherd, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer is going to be teaching at Shepherd Church. He's one of the best Bible teachers I know of. A bunch of us are going. I encourage you to go. I've found teachers like Jim Simbola, uh, and I have found really good teachers that have taught the Word of God. But your best teacher ever in your life that you'll ever find when you read this book, is the Holy Spirit in you. His job is to make this book plain to you. His job is to make this book real to you. His job is to make this book so understandable that it's a delight to live out. But you see, I can't do that for you. No teacher can do that for you. See, God wants to have an intimate relationship where you spend an enormous amount of time not only praying to God, not only waiting on God, 
but spending time in this book. When you make every decision in your life according to this book, because one day you're going to have to give an account before God. And you're going to get judged not on whether you get in or not. You're going to get judged on how you lived out what's in this book and how you lived considering that you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. And you're going to get rewarded for that. And all life is is preparation for that. And are you prepared for that? Because it's never too late to start living out what's in this book. But for some reason, this book is just not as delightful to read as other books. It's, I've worked in churches for 11 years, and they would tell me to read every book but this book. It's amazing how, and I, I, I'm not against reading other books. Knowledge is power. But there's no better book written in this book. There's no, you, there's no more wisdom found than the wisdom found in this book. If you want wisdom, it's in this book. Whatever you want from this book. So I, again, I made a decision to choose God's word over, over everything in my life. I started praying for God's promises. I started praying for God's word. I started praying prayers. I studied this book as a book of prayer, and it changed my life. I studied every prayer that was in this book. I learned how to pray those prayers. I learned what the motive behind those prayers were. I learned how to, how to pray Proverbs. I, I learned how to pray everything in this book. I learned, it's, it's like a yellow pages to me. If there's something that I needed, it's found in this book. If I'm in trouble, I know where to go in this book. If I'm fearful, I know where to go in this book. If I'm insecure about something, I know where to go in this book. This book has every answer for everything that you'll ever go through in life. I heard a story about a young man who was graduating from college who wanted a new car for his graduating gift. Graduation day arrived and his dad handed him a box. And he opened it with anticipation only to find a Bible inside. The kid was so angry and disappointed that he handed the box to his dad, walked away, and never spoke to his dad again. Years later, his father died, and it was the young man's responsibility to go to his father's house to put his affairs in order. As he was looking through the papers on his desk, he spotted the box. He opened it up, and sure enough, there was the Bible his father had given him. For the first time in his life, he opened up the Bible. There inside the Bible was an envelope. He opened it and found a cashier's check dated the same day as his graduation, made out for the exact amount he wanted for his car. If he had taken time to just open up this book, he would have discovered that what he wanted all along was there the whole time. But there was something far more valuable than a check inside this book for him. See, the words of eternal life are in this book. Whenever someone wants to meet with me for counseling, I know that the answer is found in this book. And I know chances are they're not in this book. That's what got him in trouble in the first place. Because staying in this book will keep you on track. It is the user's manual for living. Look what David said in Psalm 19. I love what he wrote. He said, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. 
The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. They're much more pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. So let's consider a few things from this verse, just from Psalm 19. One of many great psalms and many great verses in the Bible. First thing, if you take your notes, we read that the word of God is perfect. There's nothing you need to add to the Bible. Nothing you need to take away from it. As I said earlier. Matter of fact, the Bible ends with a, with a strong warning. If you add anything to this book, the plagues described in this book will be added to your life. And if you delete anything from this book, you'll be deleted from the tree of life. I sort of take that seriously. So as, as, as someone who's called to preach God's word, I preach it carefully. I preach the whole counsel, and I never go outside God's word. I never add. I never delete anything to it. If it talks about heaven, I talk about it. If it talks about hell, I talk about it. If it talks about salvation, it talks about the whole counsel of God. Because there'll come a day, there is a day, that Paul was talking to young Timothy about. Where people will, will only hear what their itching ears will want to hear. But they're not interested in the whole counsel of God. So the word of God is perfect. The whole counsel of God is perfect. If it's perfect, it means that you can live a great life by submitting to it. Second thing is, we're told that the word of God transforms us. If you read the word of God and really believe it, it'll change your life. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife. Cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires, it exposes us for what we really are. I don't know about you, but I need living power in this life. This book will really change you. This book will change the way you think. It'll change the way you act and eventually change the way you feel. It's full of living power. Third, we see that the word of God gives us incredible wisdom. Successful people are kingdom-minded, kingdom-guided people. The Hebrew word translated as simple in verse 7 comes from a root word that speaks of an open door. Picture this. It was the idea of someone having a mind like an open door through which everything comes in and everything goes out. A person doesn't know what to keep in, what to throw out, or what's right or what's wrong. That's what they call a simple-minded person. But even the simple-minded can become wise by reading God's word. A child can be full of incredible wisdom by reading this book. Ultimately, success or failure depends on how much you get the Bible into your life, how much you read the Bible, how much you apply it, how much you live it out, how much you make it the authority over your life. If you're not reading God's word, it won't be long before your life falls apart. You can do everything you want. If you want a one-step program to recovery, you're looking at it. Live this book out. Make it the authority over your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to make it plain to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to interpret what's in this book. It's amazing. Jesus said again, I said it earlier, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you're going to be a true disciple of Christ, you've got to make this book, God's word, the authority over your life because the alternative is found in Hosea 4.6, which says, my people 
are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people die for not getting in this book. God's word is to be read. It is to be studied. It is to be applied to your life. You'll never experience victory until you allow God's word to become your life. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how do you hide God's word in your heart? You memorize it. And some of you are saying, well, I don't have good memorization skills. You remember stuff that's important to you. You remember your hurts, don't you? You remember the bad things that people did to you, right? Hiding God's word in your heart means agreeing with God, adjusting your life to it, and memorizing it so that you have life verses, so that you have power verses, so that you have verses that you can take your thoughts captive to. I never had really good memorization skills, but God, I guess growing up in New York City and living around mob guys, I was always good with numbers. You had to be good with numbers. I used to run illegal numbers as a kid for the mob guys, and I always know numbers. My wife will tell you that it's not that I can quote scripture, but I know where the address is. I know numbers. I used to be a sport. I still am. I'm a sports fanatic. If you ask me some of my favorite teams, I can tell you exactly the numbers on the jersey of all famous basketball or football players. I can tell you the 1970 New York Knicks championship NBA team. Walt Frazier, number 10. Dick Barnett, number 12. Cassie Russell, number 9. Willis Reed, number 19. Dave DeBush, number 22. Bill Bradley, number 24. But those numbers don't mean diddly squat to me. The numbers that are important to me are the numbers that I know in this book. The numbers that I know, like Jeremiah 29, 11, well, God knows the plans he has for me, not, not plans for a disaster, but plans for hope and a future. When I want to, be tra- when I want to change, I, I, I know Romans 12, 1 and 2, when I'm feeling anxious and I'm starting to let worry come over me and I got big problems, Philippians 4, 6, 7, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When I'm fearful, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. When I'm feeling down, I can go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, be joyful always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. I know these numbers. And you need to know these numbers. You need to memorize some of your power verses, your taking thoughts captive verses, your putting on the armor verses, your how do I get out of trouble verses, how do I get out of this situation verse. You need to know where those numbers are. You need to know where those verses are. And it only happens when you get the word of God into your life. It only happens when you make God's word the authority over your life. Hiding God's word in your heart means agreeing with Jesus when he says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he's the one who loves me. See, when you open up this book, it's important to understand it's no ordinary book. It's not a book just written of 66 books by different authors. It is the word of God. It is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It exposes us for who we are. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who one day we must give an account. When you open up to the 
first chapter in, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. As I said earlier, I said, when I read this book, I picture when I turn these pages, it's the hairs of Jesus, because this book is Jesus. This book is God. This book is the lover of my soul speaking to me. You want to hear from God? You want to hear God's, God's voice? Read this book. Let it become the authority over your life. To know God is to know his voice. To know his voice is to know his word. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And, and God has spoken to me in a lot of different ways, but 99.9% .9 of the time, he speaks to me through his word. God wants to speak to you through his word. He wants to minister to you. He wants to show up in your life. God wants to do unbelievable things in your life. And I know there's a lot of different camps out there. That's why I, I read that scripture earlier, how the Holy Spirit wants to interpret God's word for you. There's a camp that just wants to study God's word without believing in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I know people that read God's word every day, but they're not changing because they're not living it out. And they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, those that are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. Holy Spirit who lives inside of you needs to be interpreting and convicting you and telling you exactly what God's word says. If you just read God's word without the Holy Spirit, you'll eventually dry up. Then on the other hand, if you just run, run around with the Holy Spirit all the time, the Holy Spirit this and get away from God's word, you'll eventually blow up. But if you combine the two, you'll eventually grow up and you'll be very successful. And God wants us to be very successful in life. And to be successful in this life is to know God's word and to live out this anchor of hope, anchor number eight. Allow God's word to become the authority over my life. Nobody can do this for you. I can't do this for you. And we live in an epidemic where people are not in God's word. It is catastrophic. It's not enough to think about scripture. We have to live. We have to think scripturally. Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. Wisdom is taking a step back and saying, God, what would you do in this situation? One of the things I love about our study, and we did this from the beginning, for every scripture, and this is what's changed my life, for every lesson that we've been doing in this 12-week study, we're asking you to pray three prayers over every scripture. And the three prayers are, God, what are you saying? And waiting. And writing. Whatever you hear from God. You want to hear God's voice? Ask him what he's saying. And God, what are you saying to me? And third, how can I apply this to my life? You pray those three prayers over every scripture that you read. You're going to have a pretty good life and you're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to get the directions from God. You're going to get everything you need to live a successful life. Listen, people retain 10% of what they hear, 20% what they see, 
but 90% of what they do. That's why the book of James says this. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed full of wisdom, full of grace, full of God's power, walking in authority, becoming kingdom-minded, kingdom-guided, praying kingdom principles, living out kingdom principles so that when you get to the kingdom of God, after this life, you'll know what kingdom living is all about. God wants you to start thinking kingdom-minded thoughts, living out kingdom-minded principles. This is so important. This is what the Lord's prayer was. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it, but we don't understand it because we're not in this book. This book is not about memorizing prayers. It's about memorizing scripture and living out scripture so that that power and that kingdom comes true in our lives. Jesus said the kingdom of God is near you it is in you, and it is, and it, I mean, it's all around you. When you receive Christ, you receive his kingdom. And you have the kingdom within you. Therefore, you should be thinking kingdom thoughts. You won't get kingdom thoughts naturally. You get kingdom thoughts by living out and making this word the authority over your life. The plans of God, everything about God, the promises of God, 7,000 promises that are yes and amen are in this book. Everything you need to know, the character, love, justice, mercy of God is in this book. Salvation. Everything. Fall of man. How do we recover from the fall? Restoration and reconciliation of humanity is revealed in this book. Any wisdom, any discernment is found in this book. This book is full of wisdom. All decisions that you'll ever make in life has to come from this book. That's why our key scripture for Anchor 8 is from 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, make us and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So here's what that means. In this book is God's plan for your life. You live out this plan for your life, you're going to have a really good life. This book will tell you when you get off that plan. This book will tell you how to get back on that plan. And this book will tell you how to stay on that plan. And this book will tell you how to be very successful in that plan. This book will give you purpose, will give you power, will give you joy, will give you freedom. This book will make you like Jesus in purpose and personality. This book will change you 
and make you live out kingdom principles like you've never lived out before. This book will make you an unstoppable force that nothing in heaven and hell can stop. This book is full of every answer, has every answer that you'll ever need in this life. Imagine if God showed up to you and said, ask me for anything that you want. What would you ask him for? That's what God did with Solomon one day. So ask me for anything. I, lo- I love this scene. Ask me for anything. What would, if God showed up in your life, what would you ask him for? I think if you're of my life tonight, I'd ask him for the Yankees to win the World Series. That would be me, because I'm a selfish man. And they're still going to win, because it's God's team. But he asked him for wisdom and knowledge to govern his people. I'm always asking God for wisdom and knowledge so I can lead anybody that he, that he leads to come through these front doors because I love you guys so much. I don't want to give you my wisdom. I want to give you God's wisdom. That's why I use a lot of scriptures when I teach because God's a whole lot smarter than I am. But I also, and here's what I can't do for you. Here's what I can never do for you. I can't make you read this book. I can't, I can't make you renew your mind. I can't make it a joy for you to open up the pages of this book. Without this book, I wouldn't have made it. If I had just teachers to tell me how to live out this life, I would have never made it until I started living, reading it, believing it, applying it, and making it the authority over my life, my emotions, my feelings, my circumstances, my marriage, my family, and everything. This book has made the difference. Not one teacher. Because the best teacher in the world is the Holy Spirit in me, and the best teacher to you is the Holy Spirit in you. And you know God is full of joy. And God doesn't want this book to be a burden to you. God wants it to be the most joyful time of your day to spend time in his word. Because when you spend time in his word, you're spending time with him. And you know, we've got it easy here. We really do. And we take for granted everything that God has done and everything that he's written in this book for us. I want to close out our service by showing you a country in Indonesia. of how they reacted when Bibles showed up to their country in their language for the first time. They'd never had a Bible until this scene that you're about to watch. And I want you to see the joy on their faces. And I can't produce that in you. But I want that joy that you're going to see on this film is the joy that I get from spending time in God's Word. And I want the Holy Spirit to induce that type of joy in you. Check this out. Darana nyundi yuda adna gigip memero. Darana memero kum. Oh yonana nyundi gerenti amuladlam siyang wenena. Memero puku wenena ot kemilama. Do wenena anisi aniyak lemla buka nyundabi elulama. Puk memero kum ni amuladlam siyang wenena. Oui nyundabi ketsepo. Seni lima po. Sumne ni wenena nyundi yibu nisin. Matthew 
Sampai pokok pernah orang bilang 